last week we were talking about the two ways of life. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are very few who find it. And an example of that is the choice that they make as, uh, you know, fraudulent false teaching. And actually, humans, it's amazing, man. Because last week we were talking about the narrow is the gate and difficult is the way. And it's, it's, it isn't difficult when we have Jesus Christ who's leading our lives. And so... A, a couple examples of this is the next verse is in verse, 15, in verse uh, 15 where we left off last week in Matthew chapter 7. <laughs> I'm excited, man. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, come, Father, and fill this radio broadcast waves. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the uh, blessings that you've uh, bestowed upon us, Father, in, uh, on iHeartRadio, FM Radio, and all these radio stations, Father, that we don't really deserve to be on, Father, but you've got us on there reaching out to the whole world, Father, and we thank you for that. Wow. Growing in his word, Lord, is dedicated to you, Lord, and the word of God is taught here verse by verse, Lord, and we thank you for your wisdom because you are the one teaching today. In Jesus' name, amen. You ever think about the wolf? It's one of the earth's most cowardly and fearful animals, and it's so sly, and pardon the expression, you guys, foxy, that is, uh, that it's almost a waste of time to try to catch them. And, and, and basically any kind of trap you put out there, a wolf can get out of it just about. Although he may be cowardly and fearful, he can also be one of the most vicious and bloodthirsty of all animals. And I'll tell you something. The wolf and the lamb, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 65 says that they gaze together. Okay, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox and the and dust shall be the serpent's food. So they shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountains, says the Lord. But as believers, we got to understand that we must beware of false prophets because this is where we're at. This is the actual situation where we're at in the Bible. Last week we talked about how these false prophets will deceive and they will come up and Deuteronomy talks about it. It's a, you know, information here that's discerning and we're going to respond to these false prophets and the way that we respond is, is by knowing their fruits. And so, the Bible talks clearly in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Now, believers, get your Bible and mark your Bible where it says fruit. Because it's going to say it nine times, almost ten times here. And we're going to basically see the actual fruit, how it works. This is how we know that believers are really believers. And we're going to know how the enemy creeps in and how it tries to, the enemy, the enemy tries to de deceive you and 
and make you think that you're 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 learning the Bible, but really you're not really you're not going to learn. You're going to learn what the what the enemy's trying to do, and it's destroy your mind with false false biblical information. That is the the big time deal here, man. Let me read this. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. Okay, it's not like they got this. You know, they're walking around with this. Uh, you know sheep skin you know and they're like hey what's up man <laughs> you know it's like you know they got a big old gray beard and big sharp teeth you know and and they got toenails that are really nasty and a long tail that pops out of their rear end no it doesn't work that way man i wish it did because that's the way you could say there he is get him you know trap him it doesn't work that way listen inwardly they are ravenous wolves ravenous wolves i'm sorry so inwardly, they suck, meaning they, they're, they're blowits, they, they're liars, they're, they're thieves. They only come because they want something. And you'll know them by their fruits. Listen, believers, you'll know them by their fruits. What is fruit? What is the fruits? But let me, let me read this. Okay. Do men gather grapes? From thorn bushes or figs, from thistles. Even so, every good tree that bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them by them. And that's what we're looking at. Listen, believers, what is a fruit? What is fruit? What is it? I mean, oh, well, it grows on a tree. Yeah, I know it grows on a tree. It's, it could be an orange, an apple, a pear. It's a, so much fruit. God's not talking about the fruit on the trees, man. He's talking about developing the fruit. The fruits here are referring to more than their deeds. It's their doctrine. It's what they're teaching. It's, it, it, it's John 4, chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. You see, a person speaking in the name of God is to, be a t is to be tested by the doctrines of scriptures. And the same principles still holds true today, believers. Speakers, teachers, they all need to be tested against the truth in God's word. Because that's what it says in Jude chapter 3 and Revelation 22. And so, because so many... False teachers are people, they teach the wrong way. There's a tendency to ask how so many people could be wrong. And so doubts come up. And so what happens is, is they act like they're going to cast out a demon and, and, and perform wonders in Jesus's name. How, you know, I mean, that's good and all, but remember, you know, God's word is superior to any miracle. And so the difference, the key difference is, 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 is basically is, you got, picture this, a developing Christian's character is fruit. If the goal of a Christian's life may be stated as a Christian likeness, well, then surely every trait developed in, in us that reflects his character must be fruitful, right? That is pleasing to him. Paul basically described the fruit of the spirit in nine terms. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, 23. And Peter urges the development of the seven 
accomplishment to the faith in order that we might be fruitful. Listen, number one is self-control, man. And I'll tell you this. The others are joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, virtue, knowledge, endurance, um, brotherly love. To show these characters, traits, it's you got to bear fruit in one's life. Look at there's a time I walked into uh, you know a coffee house and I'm in there and the guy was teaching the Bible and he was sitting there and everything that he was teaching was garbage. He's trying to say that Jesus Christ cannot was forgive you of your sins. He was a monster. But the way he did it was really sly like a fox. Really, really sly. And at the end of the Bible study, I rebuked him and told him straight out in front of these new guys that he was trying to convert. I said, first of all, the scripture says this, the scripture says that, God's word says this, God's word says that. God's word is superior to any miracle and to any rotten false teaching that you're talking about. The guy was so upset, he tried to punch me in my face and throw hot coffee on me. Everybody left scared, laughing, like, wow, that guy's crazy. Thank God that this guy came into the coffee house with his Bible that day to get a cup of coffee, or we would have been slayed, slain by a wolf. Turns out the guy went, The guy was upset. He went to Vietnam, and his son was going to a church, and they let his son away. It was crazy. I talked to the guy, and I said, what happened to you? And he said, well, I rebuked him, man. I was showing him. What are you doing, Brad? Are you kidding me? He said, I was upset. I was upset, Pastor. I, I went to Vietnam and they were, I was, they were racist to me. And uh, I developed a really negative feedback about the, the military. And grew, I grew up during the racist times in the 70s and 80s, 60s, 50s, whatever it was. And he then began to tell me he had a son and the son... And the son was led away by a, a false church and he died in a car accident. And he don't know if he's going to see his son again. And, and so he started leading people the, the wrong way. I restored him. He cried like a baby and God got the glory. But this is where Satan tries to take whatever you have and ruin it. Whatever circumstance you go through, he ruins it. That's why it says in James chapter 1 to be happy when you fall into various trials. Because these trials produce patience in our life. And God can work in our life and show us what's going on in our own lives to accomplish his goals in our life. That's how we live and understand when Paul expresses how torn he was between the two possibilities of either dying and being with Christ or living on this life. He said that living, living, on, on, living on would mean fruitful labor and 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 work and so Philippians one twenty two says that the phrase can basically is the work of itself is the fruit. Fruit is the result from his work. But we got to be careful, Christians. We must be careful. Listen, we got to have self control, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, virtual knowledge. Endurance, pity, and brotherly love. And this is what shows the characters and the traits to bear fruit in one's life. Listen, those who come to Christ through our witness are the fruit. Paul longed to go to Rome to have some fruit from his ministry. 
over there. That's Romans chapter 1, verse 13. And he characterized the conversion of the household of Stephanus. Remember Stephanus and the first fruits of Achaia in 1 Corinthians 16. So we, 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 we may also bear fruit with our lips by giving praise to God and thankfully confess, confessing his name. It's hard, I get it, especially when someone cuts you off on the freeway. Get out of my way, you bleeping blah. God's like, dude, come on, man. In other words, our lips bear fruits when we offer thankful acknowledgement to the name of God. And I, I've been guilty of it in the past. God is gracious and merciful and he forgives us. And this is something that we should do continually, believers, because we bear fruit when we give also money. Paul does it, Paul basically designated the collection of money for the poor saints in Jerusalem. Remember that in Romans 15, 28. And so, we, and so when he thanked the Philippians for their financial support, he basically got blessed. So I don't want your money because I don't have a 501c3. I'm just giving you that information because that's the biblical information. And so not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Verse 22 says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we casted out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And when, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. There's going to be a time where we're going to see false pastors. They're going to get arrested in prison, put in prison by the devil. By God, I mean, because they're liars. What do you need a jumbo 747 jet for? I got to say it. I'm sorry, man. Growing in his word is dedicated to, to uh, we're, not, we're not in the prosperity. False prophets like to rob your joy. 1 John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 2. Believers, 1 John chapter 3. Don't let Satan rob your joy. Pastors with jumbo jets and big old giant houses to me are not pastors. You hear that? Keep smiling while people are going to hell because they don't have Christ in their heart. Keep denying what God has given you. Yeah, right. You may think, wow, Pastor Yost is upset. I'm, I'm upset because God says, whip them out of the church. Whip them out. They don't belong here. They don't belong in, in even in, or, they're false. You know? Pastors should, should have a job. And preach. Unless the church is so big where you need to, you know, whatever it has to do, then you get your allowance given by the body of Christ and everybody could see what's in your allowance. Well, it's not their business. Well, it's not your business either. It is their business. Because God wants us to take our tithe money when we give it to the church and see where the money's going to, to see where exactly the church is headed. We spent this on this, missionaries. We spent this on the homeless. We spent this on Bibles. We spent this on that. Give the journal to the people and don't rob them anymore with soft, itchy ear messages. These are false teachers, believers. You don't need prosperity. I was at the park the other day and this guy came up to me and he's like, oh, and he's leading the Bible study. And he's like, I go, hey man, what you guys got going on? Oh, I'm, I'm doing a Bible study, man, and woo, you know, and he's all pumped up and hyped up and wow, woo. I go, dude, calm down, bro. 
Yeah, I go, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm going to be a preacher. Whew, I'm going to be a preacher. Oh, you are? Wow. You've been tested and you've been through, what? No, I don't need all that stuff, man. You went to college? No, I don't need college either. Which he's, he's probably correct. I mean, the apostles were with Jesus Christ for three and a half years. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, even more with the Bible there. But we see, you know, he tells me, I, 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 I'm going to be rich. His motives were all about money. This is what these pastors are passing on to the younger generation. You can get rich off of, off of the church. You can get rich off people. You can do healings and hoogabaga waga, touch the head and fall on the stage. Money dance. Woo! Get over it. They're false teachers. They're leading you astray. When you're, leading, when you're losing your house, go in there and say, I'm losing my house. Can you help me? They're going to say no. This is the sad part. This is why I'm hitting it hard because this is what's going on. Ezekiel 34, check this out. Verse 1 through 31. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophecy against the shepherds of Israel. Not I, Listen, this reminds me of, 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 of the pastors. Prophecy and say to them, even, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord, Shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves should not shepherd feed the sheep. You eat that fat, huh? You clothe yourself with the wool. You slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought. And with force and harness, harnessness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there were no shepherd and they became food for all the wild beasts, you shameful, pity, nasty, rotten, false pastors. You scattered my flock. You dirty, rotten filth. Well, you suck your cocktails on them 747 jets and them Lear jets and them. You know, one day I was at a church and I walked up to the pastor and he said, I said, and I, and, and I had mud on my feet, and, I, and he was Mr. Money Dad. Ooh, we accept ATM here at the church. And, and he was trying to say that, oh, the only way that you can get to heaven is by paying money. We take credit card, ATM, checks, Visa, and they're passing around an ATM machine. And I go, are you kidding me? I walked outside, and I looked at the shepherd. He ain't no shepherd. He's a false shepherd. And I said, hey, man, are you kidding me? He's like, you see these shoes, man? These shoes cost $3,000. And I took my right foot and I, I had mud on my feet from outside. It just right. We were in Garden Grove, California. I promise to God. I put my foot right over, his, right over his shoe and laid the mud on his shoe. And I go, how's that feel on your shoes? Those $3,000 you spent on that shoe could have cost, could have fed children. How do you feel? Oh, the look in his eyes. Oh, the, the evil little wolf that came out of him. He was on his knees, dusting, cleaning him. Oh, God, he took his shoe off real quick and ran to the bathroom to wash it off. Never seen him again. It's amazing. It's amazing. Verse 21 says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, 
But he who does the will of my Father in heaven may will also, many will also say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and casted out demons and wore fancy shoes and, <laughs> and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. It's amazing. It's sad. The Bible says in James 3, Brethren, not many of you become teachers knowing that the judgment is stricter. God's going to judge you even stricter. I mean, we have 10 pastors. One's got 39 million. What do you need 39 million dollars for, dude? You got one with 40 million. I mentioned his name earlier. <laughs> wow. What do you need that for? 42 million. Benny Hinn. 50 million. I mean, this is the, 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 the money that they have. The, the, uh, you know, 60 million. You've got 100 million. You've got another 100 million. Never even heard of these pastors, some of their names. It's just weird names. Uh, 120 million. They don't care about you. 150 million. Sounds like you're jealous. Oh no, man. I'm not when I stand before God, I have a mansion. Kenneth Copeland, $760 million. Wow. You see the interview with him on TV? It's amazing. It's sad. You may think, why are you talking so bad? I'm not talking bad. I'm telling you, I was in a park, another park one day and seen a lady, she was 70-something years old. And she said that she was watching Kenneth Copeland on TV and, her, and, that, and that God told her to give her her whole retirement. I have witnesses. She was homeless. What are we doing? Government, what are you doing? Crack the whip on these false teachers. And it's sad. Therefore, verse 24 says, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Jesus Christ wants us to build our house on his rock, his foundation, by faith in Jesus. We can't build a house on a hill with, with, with loomy, slopey, muddy waters and, and, and yada, yada. You just can't do it, man. It, 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 your house will fall. The rain will come. But everyone who hears these sayings, verse 26 of mine, and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and, a, and great was its fall. Not talking about a house, bro. Talking about your sermons, man. We're not talking about your house. We're talking about your sermons, pastors, you false pastors. God's talking about your nasty, filthy, false pastor messages that you preach and, and take away from people's jobs and money and, and rob families and you scatter the sheep. You're going to get your day, the Lord says. You will face God. 
Trust me, every man's knee will bow to Jesus Christ and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord and their Savior. And you know something? When that day happens, you are going to see that everything that you were doing while you were flying in these jets, eating nice fatty foods, you know, dressing real good, you know, uh, commingling your money, handing it to someone else, you're going to get it. God's going to get you. You see, the beautiful part about it is you can make your own money away from the church. You don't need the church's money to make money. You can make your own money. But even then the Bible says that's kind of false, false because pastors are not supposed to be lovers of money. I mean, we can make some money, man, but we don't have to have $100 million. <laughs> Come on. It's absurd. Build a business that can make you, you you know, residual money every month and move on. Don't take it out on the sheep. <laughs> Lord, I'm sorry. Oh, man. We see the parable of the two builders. One built on a strong foundation. One pastor, one believer built his house on Christ and God took care of him. And everyone who hears these things, it says in verse 26, and does not do them will be like foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat down the house, and it fell, and a great was its fall. And listen to this. And so it was when Jesus had entered these sayings that his people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And so Jesus is saying, <clears throat> excuse me, He's saying that, you know, you're going to take, you're going to stand for a test and Christ's judgment is going to fall one day on us. And if we don't do it right, we're going to get taken down. Meaning, you know, it has to be right. God wants it to be right. So we don't get left. Listen, I'm sorry I hit this so hard on false teachers, but I'm, I am a, you know, I am a pastor and I wouldn't call myself a pastor, but I, I, I am a, uh, you know, a believer of, I'm a believer. I love Jesus and I can't stand to watch, you know, non-believers get taken out and misguided the wrong way. And so we got to build on Jesus's rock, his foundation. Yeah. Well, it's, it's my, decision to call out false teachers because that's what my God wants me to do. That's my beliefs. My beliefs is to restore rebuke as a minister. It is to, which is to call out the false teachers. And I'm doing that and I'm sorry, but that's what God's called me to do. I'm not going to hide from it. My religious beliefs is to call out false pastors that's what my freedom of speech, freedom of religion is called me to do is to call out these false pastors one by one for this chapter <laughs> and move on. And you know what? I don't care how many emails I get because I get them all the time. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, Jesus said, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat that house, beat on the house. And it fell and great was its fall. Built, false teachers will come out and try to 
heap up lies. God says, don't listen to them. They just want your money. They want to lie to you. They want to throw you. They want to throw you off your walk. They want to make you angry. They want to make you sad. Don't get, don't fall into the trap, believers. Don't fall into the trap. Listen to this. We see it in 1 John. It says, deception in the last hour. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. The Bible talks about these false pastors who heap up all this money. It says it right here. Now they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out and they might be made manifest and none of them were of us. They were false liars, false teachers. They lie. But you have the anointing from the Holy Spirit and you know all things. And I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. And that no lie is of the truth. And whoever, whoever, and who is a liar? Listen, who is a liar? Listen to this. But he who denies Jesus Christ, he is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. And whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, you're false. Therefore, let that abide in you. Which you have heard from the beginning, if what you have heard from the beginning abides in you, you also abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. Listen to this. Eternal life is the end of the story. And these things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But listen to this. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. This is the fruit. And you do not need, to, you don't need anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and it is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, it will abide in you. Pastors, pastors, you're not tested, you're tried. Because this is how we know keeping God's word is the proof that we love God. When we love our brother, we will live without stumbling. We are, listen, we are not to love the world or the things in the world, and we cannot love the world and love God also. God says you're either for me or against me. You're a child of the devil or you're a child of God. Draw the line. God's love's prompt. Listen, God's love, basically, he loves us. Loving other believers is a fundamental requirement of the Christian life. And a failure to love other Christians raises serious questions about the genuineness of our faith. Genuine love always results in action, not merely sentimental words. And God is the source of all love. Mature love does not produce fear, but instead imparts courage. Long before we loved God, He loved us first. Believers, those who try to deceive you, Refers to false teachers or antichrist. Okay, it's possible. It's possible for believers to be deceived by false teaching, and that's why I'm hitting it hard. We are to base our walk with the Lord on the truth He has given us. Believers who knows God's standards and desires for us to uh, and desires for us, but fail to put on these truths into practice in their lives will also not mature in Christ. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. Father, we thank you for this time, Lord. It's We're up. It's up, Father. 
Go now before us and rebuke these false pastors as we move on to the next chapter in Matthew. It wasn't easy, Lord, for me to call out people. But Father, you put it on my heart as my beliefs, as my spiritual religious beliefs. Even though I don't follow religion, I follow you, Christ. I love you, Jesus, and I love the sheep. And I will not let wolves bite and tear and eat at the wallets of non-believers and believers thinking they're going to go have it, go to heaven and that they can do positive, powerful things, Lord, to get to heaven. It's not true, Father. It's not, it's not by money works. It's by your grace and your grace only, Jesus. And we thank you for that, Father. Lord, now I want to say that I, I lift up all the, all of, all of these uh, emails I'm getting from all around, Lord. I pray, I thank you, Lord, I thank you for everything, all this stuff that you're doing, Lord. And thank you for providing for me financially on my own job, away from this, Lord. I thank you for your ministry, not mine. And I love you, Jesus. And I love every believer out there, and I love every non-believer. Come to the cross. Come to the cross, you non-believers. Jesus loves you. He really does. There's no other way. You're not going to be able to party your way to, 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 to heaven. You're not going to be able to... You know, you're probably waking up hangover right now. And God's saying, stop, it's enough. You don't even remember what you did last night. Listen, believer, come to the cross. Jesus loves you. Just say, I do. Log on to Growing in His Word and continue to listen to the sermons and you'll be blessed. I love you guys. God bless you. Thank you for growing in His Word.